There's still 2.4 seconds remaining. And he missed the first. So now he's got to hit the second and miss the third. On the lane, on the release, that's when they can go in. High one. Takes a carom. Rebound. Porter had it. Picked up by James. Puts it up. That's it. Golden State win. What a thriller tonight here in San Francisco. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet sports and beer i am your host jordan stacks on stacks on stacks lats joined as always with my partner in crime mr big ball and ben larson what's going on tonight ben not much man just finished a uh, great weekend great super bowl super close super bowl which uh, i was definitely stoked to see it came down to i mean really the last drive you know other than our, our kneel downs which was which was fun man it was a lot closer than i mean i thought it was going to be a close game but it was uh, it was it was definitely closer than I thought it was going to be. There was there were chances on both sides that could have you know really taken this game over. And man, what a game! What a game! So, yeah, man. how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'll you know definitely get into my thoughts on the game in a little bit. But man, wonderful weekend. UFC 271 was awesome. Yep. Uh, Izzy retaining the belt uh, was was a solid card and then uh you know college basketball yesterday was fucking awesome like a great day of college hoops nba's been on point we've had the trade deadline so you know a lot going on um you know it's unfortunate nfl's over (laughs) you know that kind of sucks it's a little sad but i mean it's fortunate that uh baseball's doing what they're doing right now too oh man we're gonna get into that too um very disappointing uh yeah man so we got a lot to talk about on this show today big show excited to be here as always and of course uh you know i hope everyone tapped in last night you know me and jordan jordan and i jordan and jordan we uh we did a show last night we were doing it till like two in the morning so you know i woke up at like 8 a.m back at it drank beer till 2 a.m last night drinking beer again tonight obviously it's a super bowl so we got to talk about the beer ben yeah. Yeah. So uh, kind of the other half of the podcast, other than the sports aspect of it, is going to be a beer aspect. And uh, we wanted to bring some good beers out to our listeners um, who really enjoy sports, because what's go- what goes better, you know, with sports than some good beers. And the kind of premise behind this podcast was to be sitting at a bar, drinking some beer, talking sports. And we wanted to bring that to you. And to do that, all you have to do is go to Devour download the Tavour app, use promo code TAPROOM when signing up to get $10 off your first purchase of $25 or more and get some of these beers that we're drinking delivered straight to your front door. It is as easy as, uh, you know, one, two, three. A, 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 yeah. A couple of clicks on a, uh, on an app. Um, but, uh, 
I've got uh, I've got one Tavour beer tonight. I've got one gift beer that I'm going to be uh, doing for the show. Um, so I'm stoked about my beers. But you know, really, if you don't go to Tavour, that's totally fine too. Just sign up. I mean, you get to see some awesome stuff even if you don't use that uh, that ten dollars off. But really, the big thing is getting you guys to know some beers, telling you a little bit about the beers, getting you to go out and try the breweries, you know, supporting those local brewers. That's the big thing that we want to do. Um, oh, and I yeah. see you got one that's uh, that's somewhat local, at least to me. Um, so tell us about your first beer of the night. Yeah. So this is, this is a funny one because, you know, last week I drank that new glory Pilsner and we talked about how we both had drinking the new glory gummy worms IPA. And we, we both weren't too very fond of it. Right. Yeah. So I was in a, a bottle shop this week and this beer was in there and it was the galactic worms from new glory, which is from Sacramento. So yep. I'll always give them a chance. Uh, but I, I thought it was just, it was ironic, dude. It was like the universe speaking to me because we had talking about the gummy worms and it was like, oh, here's the, their hazy IPA gal- galactic worms, you know, yeah. give this a try. Let's see if we can make you, uh, if we can satisfy your, your palate or your taste buds on this one. So I wanted to do it this week, 7% hazy IPA, uh, citra hops, obviously, which, you know, are pretty standard in hazy ipas it seems like yeah um and then amarillo hops as well so uh tropical uh fruit profile is you know what hazy ipas should always have um you know i drank a hazy ipa last night with jordan we both did actually and you know one thing i told him about the beer i was drinking then which was the nyjah which i also drank on here last week was that for a hazy ipa had great tropical profile like it smelt tropically Everything was tropically. So this beer has it to start off with. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping New Glory does me right on this one, Ben. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so my first beer of the night is going to be one, again, that I got from Tavour. This is from New Image Brewing Company. And these guys are out of Arvada, Colorado. So this is the Premium Pills. Uh, so this is an Italian-style Pilsner. Um, so they're going to be using a little bit different of a um, kind of a, a malt and uh, barley base. That's uh, kind of going to be more focused uh, through the Italian style of that. Um, but this has Huel Melon hops. Uh, so it's a little bit different of a hop kind of um, profile that we've seen in a lot of the Pilsners, a lot of the, um, I mean, really in the pails, the, the IPAs. Um, I have yet to see really anything other than this beer have the Huel Melon hop in it. So I'm really stoked about this. You're supposed to get a good, uh, good kind of cantaloupe taste and, and smell to it which, um, you know, the, the good thing about Pilsners is you do get that fruit taste and that fruit smell to it. Um, I had that Pilsner last week and kind of got a banana-y smell to it with an apple taste of it. And um, kind of the apple-y, apple-juicy flavored Pilsners are, are definitely one of my favorites. So I'm really stoked to see how this, uh, how this Huel Melon comes in uh, into play. And coming in at 4.5, it's going to be something that you can easily drink on a hot day. And Man, it was 81 degrees out here today. So, you know, it would have been great to just kind of pop this open earlier in the day. I mean, you know, we're we're sitting here at night and it's I mean, we're probably still in the low, low 60s, eh, 58 degrees. So it's still not bad here in California at, you know, nine o'clock. So um, I'm, I'm stoked well, that- to drink this one. That's the most beautiful thing about California. And if you if you're listening and you've never been to California, 
Like there's a reason why it is expensive to live there, especially where Ben's at in San Jose in the Bay Area is because it could be nice and warm during the day, but then at night it's nice and cool, dude. And you ain't got to yeah. put up with that heat and shit. It like, yeah. dude, it's like that, like 200 in, or I would say like th- 300 out of the 350 days of the year. Like, How many days in the year? 365. Come on. 365. I would say like 300. <laughs> uh, three out of, yeah, but you would agree though. Like 300 days. Oh, absolutely. Five are probably like just perfect, ideal weather, dude. Yep. You get two months where it's cold and that's it. Fucking love the Bay Area, man. Yep. Uh, it's, it was warm out here in Vegas this weekend. Um, you know, so similar thing, but, yeah. you know, once we get into summer, it's like fucking 100 plus morning night don't even matter dude not worth it turn the ac on well let's hop into the nfl dude obviously (laughs) you know what i mean like super bowl sunday uh biggest day of the year biggest game of the year rams were minus they closed minus four four and a half at some books uh they opened minus three and a half they didn't even cover the opening or closing number uh, very interesting game though, but went way under 48 and a half. And basically every single player prop was under, except yeah. for Matthew Stafford over in completions and over in yards and over touchdowns were like the only props that went over and Cooper Cup yeah. over in touchdowns. Um, so a very interesting game, dude. What I mean, what what was your what's your take on the game? What's your thoughts? I'll, I, mean, I thought it was a pretty good game. game. Um, I thought it was a, a pretty defensive game, um, which I was a little bit surprised on on the Bengals front. Um, I thought they they did a good job handling the ball. They got, uh, you know, two sacks on on Stafford, which isn't necessarily the greatest. They you know could have put more pressure there, but they really did hold. You know, they, they held cup in the first half, which I was surprised at. Um, you know, they definitely got a little bit away from that in the well, second. They basically half, held him. They basically held him uh, when OBJ went out to the yeah, last drive exactly. is when they held him. <laughs> like everything yeah. we got was on the last drive, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I thought they did a, a great job doing that. I thought, you know, obviously that OBJ going out was a huge, huge hit for hit for the Rams, um, especially now because you can double team cup and you didn't really have to worry about Jefferson. You don't have to worry about Hopkins. I mean, yeah, they got their their catches definitely ain't gotta worry about 18 dude that dude fucking sucks yeah how uh, the fuck that guy is on a how the fuck that guy is on an nfl team is like mind-blowing dude and this is no i don't mean to disrespect the guy he's obviously you know he's a professional and he's more athletic and more gifted than i but for an nfl player that dude is like the worst receiver i've ever seen in my life i mean he also had some bad throws to him today i mean yes i i agree Bro, he dropped a wide open touchdown two weeks ago, and then he literally dropped a pass that led to an interception today that should have been caught. He had both hands on it, and he yes. fucking bobbled it, and it got picked off. Yeah, I mean, we saw some other people drop a, some, you know, but not that, that should have been dropped, not that but... crucial to fucking uh, interception. Like he literally gave the DB the yeah. DB was like five yards behind him, and he like tipped it to him. Yeah, no, I I definitely get that, but. You know, he's that's why he's the number four for a reason. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with it. Um, I thought, uh, you know, the, the Bengals offensive line played great until the end again, um, really kept 
Don, uh, yeah, Donald in check. Um, and, you know, again, it just, it just came down to the end when the Rams stepped up and, and got the job done and that's what they had to do. And, you know, it, it ended up, you know, that the better team won. And we, I mean, we talked about this for the whole season that the Rams were a devastating team defensively. And they really showed that today. I, I don't think that offense was as good as it should have been. Um, I don't think acres did, you know, that great of a job. Um, I mean, he had what 21 total yards uh, today on carries. 13 carries when you're averaging 1.6 yards a carry, that's not good enough. Um, and I know, you know, the Bengals defense really closed down the rush, but uh, like if you're, if you're on a Super Bowl winning team and you need to rely on your, your running 21 yards on 13 carries is not going to, not going to cut it. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with any, with a lot of what you're saying. I, I think a big thing that changed the entire game was OBJ going out, dude. Like, it literally altered the whole game at that, at that point it was 13 to three and the Rams were driving again. Yeah. OBJ gets hurt and the whole game just changes, dude. Fucking two plays later, Matthew Stafford fucking throws an interception down in the end zone. Uh, it didn't lead to any points because the, the Rams defense stepped up. Um, yep. But then the second half starts and you have the, the offensive pass interference that doesn't get called leads to seven. And then that drop tip pass that leads to an interception for that. The yeah. Bengals get a field goal on that was 10 of their 20 points right there. Boom on, yeah. on two crazy plays like that. And after OBJ went down, I mean, the Rams weren't really running the ball efficiently before, but they were running the ball better. But once OBJ went down, they were like, all right, dude, we're going to commit fucking six guys to the box to stop the run, and then we're just going to double uh, Cooper Cup, and then we're going to leave everybody else one-on-one, and if they beat us, they beat us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was working for the longest time because the Rams couldn't run, and they couldn't get Cooper Cup involved, and they were yeah. trying to figure out how to do that. And then the fourth quarter comes around, and they're like, hey, like, let's get Cooper Cup in motion and get him on – so." we can see uh, the alignments a little bit more. And yeah. Cooper Cup just went to work, dude, like he's been doing all year. Yep. You know what I mean? Like he did he did what he's done. I'm very confident in saying, though, that if, if Odo Beckham Jr. doesn't get hurt in this game, the Rams probably win by, like, at least two touchdowns. Yeah, like I can they definitely were, see that. They were dominating this game until that happened. Because I, I their game plan, I don't think – just from watching this, I know that their game plan was to get Odell Beckham Jr. or Cooper Cup in one-on-one situations. And whichever guy had a one-on-one situation, they were giving them the ball and it was working. Yeah. Because Cooper yeah. Cup had a touchdown where you know everybody bit. So I have I'm very confident in saying that that Odell Beckham Jr. injury changed everything, dude. It changed oh, everything. Absolutely did. Absolutely um, did. And the Drake curse lives on, Ben. Really, it does. Took all the Odell Beckham Jr. over props, and he gets hurt, dude. Well, he took Odell to have a touchdown, which he won. That hit. He took the over, which didn't. He was down by what four? Four yards, um, dude. Was it four? OBG? Oh, no, it was sixty-five and a half. So it was 13, 13 yards. He was for um, sure hitting that though. If he oh, didn't he was blow out sure his knee, that. he yeah. was getting that catch and fucking running at least thirty yards yep. on that one play. 
Well, then did he call Rams money line or Rams minus four? I think he, I think it was Rams minus four because Rams money line, he wouldn't have made that much, that much cash back. But I mean, when you're betting a million dollars, you know, what's. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know if Drake knows much to, uh, you know, to bet. I'm, I'm sure he's just saying, yeah, Rams money line, not thinking that it's no value there. I mean, if you're betting a million, there's still value. Let me see if what, it he, wins. what he actually did. He probably did one of those. But, uh, yeah. Sure no, but I mean, I, I, it was a good game. I was a, I was super impressed with that. It. I was worried for both QBs when they went down. I mean, Burrow with his opposite knee, I thought was, uh, you know, was, was going to be a lot worse, especially when we saw his face in the replay there. Yeah, um, he the looked ankle fucking Stafford like he was hurt. Yeah, the ankle, you know. Stafford's a gamer, Stafford dude. Had. I knew he was still yeah. coming out, but out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the crazy thing is, though, and like, you know, Jordan and I talked about this last night, is that the Rams were number one in pass rush uh, win rate and the Bengals were dead last. And when the Bengals had faced a top five pass rush win rate defensive line previously, they were 0 and 5. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's that's why I'm saying, like, this game was definitely changed by OBJ because. They, the Rams go down and score there. It was either going to be sixteen to three, or it was going to be twenty-one to or twenty to three. At which yeah. point, it would have changed what the Bengals had to do because the Bengals kept they were able to run the ball for the most part the entire game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because the Rams were so worried about the pass attack and they were just rushing and and they were getting pressure on Burrow. He was just getting rid of the ball at the right time. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that that changed the game. But I mean, obviously, you know, it happened. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, and this game ended up being what most people honestly thought it was going to be, you know, it ended yeah. up being a close game uh, where, you know, the Rams made the Rams were the better team. And at the end of the game, their two best offensive players stepped up and their best defensive players stepped up. Aaron Donald. Yep. Yeah, and they're the better team on paper. They're I, I'm excited to see what this Bengals team does in the near future because they got a so, lot of young guys which are gonna really kind of kind of push things up into you know up to the next caliber once they get a little bit more playing time. I'm really so, excited about that wide receiver core that they have. Um, you know, if they get a little, little bit more, you know, depth on their their offensive line, I think that's gonna really kind of boost things. So Burrow has you know, a little bit more time in the pocket. And then once he does have that option to, you know, get moving when, you know, they throw in the blitz, this is, this is going to be a good offensive team. They need a little bit of work on defense and a little bit of work on that offensive line. But, you know, with Mixon back there with a wide receiver core with Zuma, you know, getting another year under his belt, I think that's going to, you know, be a huge help there. And I'm excited for them. I, I mean, AFC is definitely you know, horribly tough to, uh, conference there, but I think they can definitely put in a run, you know, for, for a good long time here. So interesting that you bring that up because only three quarterbacks have lost their first Super Bowl and gone on to win a Super Bowl after. Well, yeah, but none of those three, it was in their second year. Um, one of them was very close to his second year and that's John Elway. I think he was in his third year when he went to the Super Bowl and lost. But only three quarterbacks have done it, dude. John Elway, Bob Greasy, Len Dawson. 
quarterback, the quarterback record for teams to lose their Super Bowl and play in another Super Bowl is three and six. Jim Kelly, 0 and four. Um, I think that's the only quarterback that didn't win a Super Bowl after playing in his first. But it's not easy to get to the Super Bowl. And honestly, this was a this was this might have been, you know, a perfect opportunity for the Bengals, dude, because the Chargers and Herbert are only going to get better. Um, there's a lot of good teams in the AFC, dude. Yeah, that's, Mahomes that's is still in the AFC. Josh Allen's still yep. in the AFC. Like, that's yep. a good conference, dude. So they, the Bengals. I mean, honestly, I, I don't want to say this, and it, but it could be true, dude. The Bengals may never reach another Super Bowl in Bro's career. This could be like a fucking Dan Marino type. That's. I mean, yeah. That's. I mean, that can always be true. That can be always be true with any QB that that gets to the Super Bowl. Um, because you're right, it is hard, and and these you know, the AFC is, is stacked right now, but again, I think this whole Bengals sucking, you know, for the last 30 years is kind of out the door because they have so many young options that really can. Now it's up to the general manager and the, the what's that? Because they have Joe Burrow. Let's be honest. They have Jamar Chase. They have Higgins. They have Mixon. They've got, um, any offensive line though. Well, yeah, that's again what I said earlier. They need, uh, you know, they need to draft a, uh, they need to go get somebody in probably the draft for their offensive line and their, you know, but at the same pick. time too is like their defense might not be ever be as good because they have seven dudes they sign in free agency. Like the odds of that happening are so slim to none, dude. Yeah, but that this is now a place where people will want to come because they have a dynamic offense. How many people wanted to come to to Cincinnati before? Give it Nobody, five years back. Never. Nobody wanted to come to Cincinnati. Now you have a good QB. Now you have. I think that's what threats. Joe Burrow does. Like, because when you have a when you have a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen, uh, a Justin Herbert, like you have an opportunity just because of that fucking guy, dude. And Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? A Tom Brady. So like that, that really, if you can hit on your quarterback in the NFL, dude, that's why, that's why Kyler Murray's out here asking for $50 million because the Cardinals are a franchise who have been around since fucking 1940. And I've had three good quarterbacks. Yeah. So it's like, he's like, yo, y'all, y'all seen life without me. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. what I want. Like, if you but don't have a good, that, but that's what this offense does. Is that this offense brings it so the defensive players know that they aren't going to be on the field seventy five percent of the game. Yeah. And if you if you know that you've got a good offense on your on your back, then you know that it's just then like if you have a good offense, then you need a an average defense. If you have an even better defense, then that brings you into the contention. You know. You know. Type positions here for for teams so since you have that good offense you can start building that defense to really win you that championship because we know defense wins championships here and that's something that we've seen year in and year out that you really need to have both that high level offense and high level defense now they have that high level offense and they can push to get that high level defense I don't think I'm not saying that they're going to go straight to the Super Bowl again next year. I mean, you can't guarantee any of that with the AFC, you know, the way it is, but you can at least kind of guarantee that you're going to be a contender. If you have a top level offense, 
Because what team this year had a top-level offense that didn't make the playoffs? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, like, defense wins championships. I think what wins championships is the trenches, dude. Like, you need to have a good offensive line, and you need to have a good defensive line. And, and if you don't – if you have a elite defensive line like the Rams do, you know what I mean? Like, you can suffer having a, you know, a good offensive line on the other end, right? Mm-hmm. Like we saw last year, like the Ram- the Bucks had an elite offensive and defensive line, and they won the Super yeah. Bowl. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Chiefs had a dog shit offensive line and a decent defensive line, but they couldn't win. So I don't think the Bengals are that far off. They just have to they have to build that offensive line, and you know they got to do it through the draft. They got to do it through free agency. They got to they got to do that. That's like their number one priority. Just like the chiefs was last year. And we saw what the chiefs did. They traded for Orlando yeah. Brown. They fucking uh, drafted Creed Humphrey. They signed a bunch of other dudes. Like that's, that's what the Bengals got to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also don't know how, you know, we said this last year with the dolphins, like it's hard to duplicate defensive success year in and year out. Yeah. So, well, I think what, uh, I think the defensive success we were talking more about with the Dolphins is ter- was the turnovers. Like turnovers. But the, that happened in the playoffs too for the Bengals. They had eight interceptions. They led the the playoffs in interceptions. Yeah, look who they're, you know, the quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, other Carr, than Mahomes. Tannehill, they are three. Yeah, Mahomes, those are two, two against you know, those Stafford. Those are two QBs that, you know, and even Stafford are QBs that are known to throw an interception. Here. Well, they won the turnover so, battle today 2-0 and they lost the game. Usually when you win yeah. the turnover battle, you win. Yeah. Yeah. But so, when you have an elite defense on the other side, that's that's a little bit tough. Um, I want to go back to those Drake Brett, Drake bets. Um, he actually came out on top today. Um, he definitely What? Did. Yeah. He so had he money was line? two and one. He had yeah, he had money line. So he bet uh, he was two and one today. He bet Rams to win money line. He put down 471.3K and won 706, sorry, 711.6K. Uh, he put down 392.7K on OBJ touchdown, which won him 710.9K. Nah, there's no way. Hold on. What? He put down how much to win? How much? Four Because Rams money line was like minus 185, dude. So maybe this is just payout. So, so this is just payout. So this doesn't count. Yeah, uh, but if he put if he put down four hundred k at 471,000. dude, plus one eighty five, or I mean minus one eighty five. That's a hundred dollar, hundred eighty five dollars per hundred. He wouldn't have. Eh, maybe he would have. So won. he won two hundred and forty k on four hundred and seventy one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so that's his payout. So he, so he bet four hundred and seventy one. Payout was seven eleven for Rams okay. to win. He pay he bet three ninety two point seven on OBJ touchdown and won seven hundred and ten. So he won like three hundred and twenty thousand on that. And then he bet uh, Beckham over 62 and a half and lost that. So he lost Damn. 400K there, 392.7. So he, he maybe came out like up 100. 
still good. Yeah. It's profit. Up 100K. Yep. Oh, absolutely. Not like absolutely. he needs it. He was but... two and one on the day. Yeah. Yep. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, man, it was a good, good Super Bowl for sure. Who do you, who is more likely to get back to the Super Bowl, in your opinion, the Rams or the Bengals? I think there's a big question mark here for for me on on this one. And I'm saying next um, year, next year, not yeah, not like within the next five years. No, absolutely, and that's the question of does Aaron Donald retire? I mean, I doubt he does, but there's also talk that you know if he won the Super Bowl, he was going to retire. And if yeah. you have him retiring and possibly Von Miller retiring after this, I mean, Von Miller, yeah, not anything close to the level of AD, but that's still, a, a, I think that pass rush and that threat of and having Whitworth both of them there. as well, their yeah. left tackle retiring. Yeah. So because of that question mark, I can't really say the Rams. Yeah, I mean, just, I would I would take the Bengals too. I don't think either of these teams are making the Super Bowl next year, but no, no. Um, I, I honestly, Ben, I think the Rams are going to take like a massive step back in the next couple of years. They sold their well. soul for this fucking Super Bowl, dude. They did. That's why if they, they lost this, so many it would have been picks gone. Yeah, it would have been devastating, dude. Yeah, would have been devastating, bro. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, I'd I'd go with Bengals there as you know having the the better chances of getting back to the super bowl before before the Damn. rams do if we're gonna do live video i gotta start wearing makeup or something because i'm oily <laughs> as shit bro look at that dude i'm hello oily i look like a fucking uh basketball court dude <laughs> shit it's brutal oh man brutal out here all right let's hop into some other nfl news um are we we're comfortable on what happened in the Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, I think so. I think yep. we covered it. Awesome um, for uh, awesome for rap getting to. Uh, oh, dude, you know. we got to talk about the halftime show. My God, Ben. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Oh no, I was I was going with rap uh, Taylor rap. Uh, oh, after <laughs> after the Super Bowl, yeah. Um, him uh, proposing to his girl. Awesome yep. for uh, Van Jefferson, whose wife went into labor at SoFi Stadium. No um, shit. Yep. So wow. you know, good good news for him. But yeah, that halftime show. I mean, it was fucking awesome. Absolutely awesome. I would have rather seen the Tupac hologram instead of uh 50, uh upside down 50. Um, which was I mean, weird, dude, like also no, dope. that was awesome because that's how his video was in the club. Oh, absolutely. Oh, out, yeah. Dude, you know I mean? Yeah. No, I it was it was absolutely dope, but I, I still would have rather seen the Tupac hologram. Um, I knew with how light it was in that stadium, we weren't going to see it. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, the, I enjoyed every single moment of the halftime show, except for me losing the uh, Snoop, not smoking a blunt bet. And then we see it after the game that he's like huddled in one of the hallways, like on a knee smoking and it's just like, come on, you didn't do that on, on stage, huh? Bro, but. he's a goat, dude. Oh, yeah. What'd you think he, of it? Oh, man, dude. I absolutely, bro, I, I honestly shed a tear. I'm not going to lie. Like, 
you know it was it was nostalgia like it was everything all in one dude and like the fact that like dre almost died a couple of years ago and the fact that he was performing um obviously seeing eminem up there kendrick lamar who's like one of my favorite artists of all time as well yep. i mean dude it was like it was our generation dude like these are the dudes you know especially as a white guy from the suburbs you know the the first hip-hop artist i ever heard was wu-tang clan dr dre snoop dogg and uh you know and death row and obviously notorious big yeah like this is what i grew up on dude like this was my oh, yeah. shit bro well and I, I liked how everyone actually sounded good like yeah they yeah. were out there they all nobody you know was way too auto-tuned nobody was like showing their age in their you know in their their singing rapping you know production um i thought it was dope that you saw dre you know producing a little bit up there on stage i don't know if that was all just show or or what but i mean it looked like his soundboard was legitimate up there it looked real um, same dude. with him yeah she said the same thing the too she was like holy shit that's like a real board yeah yeah him uh you know playing the piano there too i thought that was just awesome and just shows his you know musical genius that he's got and man it was it was a it was quite the show. I, I think it was the best Super Bowl show that I've seen, halftime show that I've seen. Oh hands, hands down. down. Hands um, down. And they didn't do anything, you know, stupid to kind of get their get their spotlight. They just did them, which I was I, I was, you know, impressed with. We didn't have a Janet Jackson nipple out there. We didn't have like somebody break up with their, you know, their boyfriend the night before. Like we just shit was real. And I, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. I mean, when I shed a tear, Ben, it was when he was playing the piano of I ain't mad at you. And yep. I thought, I thought the Tupac hologram was going to appear because I mean, like Tupac was one of my favorite artists of all time. dude. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. and I thought for sure Tupac was going to appear. And I was like, oh, shit is going to happen, dude. Like the hologram and shit. But dude. So where does 50 come into this, though? Because he's not an L.A. rapper. He's neither is Eminem. That's he's from true. Detroit. But L- Eminem, Eminem got his prowess in L.A. I mean, I know he, he well, started. He, he got he... signed by Dre and then he signed 50. But In the yeah. Club was produced by Dre. Like okay, basically his entire first record was produced by Dre. Okay. Um, so they kind of all inter- intertwined because even Kendrick, like Kendrick is from LA, right? He's yeah. he's on TDE, but he was basically uh you know Dre put him on. Yeah. And, and when you're in LA and Dre puts you on, like you're put on sky's limit. Exactly. You know, you're yeah. you're put on dude. exactly. So it's it, it okay. was dope, dude. I, I loved it. Um when when good kid mad city started playing or mad city i'm sorry and then mm-hmm. kendrick played a different song i was like damn I thought he was gonna play like mad city or something yeah yep but fuck yeah. dude that shit was dope dude i i loved every minute of it bro i loved yeah. it snoop was awesome i mean mary J. I could not necessarily my favorite out of the whole group i'd say um still awesome she fucking killed it but 
I'd say out of all of it, that was my least favorite because I'm just not a big Mary J fan. Well, usually but, when it gets to halftime shows, I'm doing other shit. But this year yeah. I was like, I'm actually going to watch in. this, dude. Yeah. yeah like I'm, I wanted, I'm looking forward to the halftime show. And I literally sat there and I watched the entire fucking halftime show. And that's the first time that has ever happened to me, dude. Yep. Yeah. I can't recall I, I the last want, time I watched a halftime show. I want more. That's the problem. Is I want yeah, more. dude. I could have gone. I could have allowed another 45 minutes of that playing, dude. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I, I loved uh I love the the backdrop for Kendrick when they were in the with the drones. Um, yeah, though she was you know, sick. The, the drone dude. shots where he was he was on top of Compton there. That was fucking incredible. Um, the whole like house vibe or, or hotel vibe that they did with the the um the stage with eminem so popping sweet, out dude. was awesome with the low riders there definitely like everything hit the artists and like i i was impressed with it i was definitely it was, impressed with it. it was very dope dude yeah very 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 happy with it yeah all right let's let's uh how much beer do you have left i'm almost uh out of my first one all right, so let's take a break real quick. Um, let's get a word from one of our Taproom Sports affiliates, and then we will hop back in here and we'll talk uh, NBA, NHL, top five teams, NBA trade deadline, and, of course, what is going on in Major League Baseball. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin, and we are the APR Podcast. Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. All right, we are back, and it is time to get into beer number two. I'm really excited to hear about your uh, your gummy worms, the the special gummy worms uh, beer. But let's uh, let's go to number two before we get into some reviews. So tell me, what is your second beer of the night? So my second beer tonight is going to be the Vice Fruit Basket from Wild Bearing Brewing Company. Uh, Wild Bearing uh Wild Barrel Brewing Company is out of San Marcos, California. So another California brewery. Um, this is Berliner Weiss, obviously very uh, you know fruited, sour. Um, my my type of you know my favorite. Your jam. Very, yep. very sweet. Uh, you know you could taste all first sip. You could taste like all the fruits on it. Um, very much looking forward to this one. This one's gonna be a good one, Ben. Oh yeah. Um, sweet. So my beer, uh, as I kind of mentioned, uh, at the beginning of the process, uh, program was a, um, and I only had a 4.5%, um, is a, a 
was a gift beer to me. Um, and this was a gift from the 92nd Beer Review guys. And um, this is from the Glass Jug Beer Lab. And this is called Golden Stone. It is an American lager coming in at 5.5%. And uh, Glass Jug is coming out of Durham, North Carolina, uh, which is home to Howard of the 92nd Beer Review. And this was made in kind of conjunction with their curling club. So I figure, you know, Olympics going on right now, you know, American curling, American lager, um, definitely should be uh, on this this podcast, and it is a limited release. So if you are in uh, in the Durham, North Carolina area, make sure to go check out Glass Jug. I mean, we've had a couple of Glass Jug beers before. Ninety second raves about Glass Jug as well. They were also in our Pints of Love uh, festival that we did, uh, you know, with them Last as year. well. Yep, but it's already um, been a year, dude. Can you believe that? It's already shit? been a year. It was yeah. It was it was uh, literally this Valentine's weekend Day. last year. Last, yeah. yeah. Yep. Last year. Um, so I'm, I'm super stoked about this one. It's a 5.5. So it's low alcohol, you know, which is a great thing again, to drink on a, a hot summer day. And I've taken a first sip of this and it is a great, great beer. So I'm excited for, uh, for the rest of it. Hope as it gets a little bit warmer, um, it doesn't lose some of its kind of, um, you know, taste and uh, crispness, but we'll see how it goes throughout the rest of the show. Oh yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Also, I was looking forward to like a pints of love in person this year. And you yeah. brought it up that it's been a year and like it hasn't didn't happen. Kind of disappointing. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think since we're still in uh you know in, in kind of the the tail end of COVID, people are still uh, a little weary to get into uh, big groups. And I know this was quite the understanding. You see the Super so. Bowl today? Oh, well, I know, I know, but a, a beer festival is quite the undertaking, you know, for, you know, groups who have their own day jobs and then have a beer group on top True. of that. And then, you know, everything no else. So, yeah, there we go. But uh, there's a will, there's a way. That's true. If you build that's it, true. they will we, come. We got to get into, I mean, we were talking about this last week or the week before, like we got to, we got to start getting our, our voice out there into more, you know, groups conventions you know the uh, festivals like that and I, I definitely think that's uh that's going to be something for for 2022 that we really push on facts dude jordan was telling me remember he was telling both of us about that festival out near him yep he was saying uh you know when we were doing the show yesterday he was saying oh yeah that show's normally this weekend and i was like oh dude that's like perfect super bowl and that show but they didn't have it I mean, this it's, year it's kind of rough with the super bowl being pushed back it would have been great you know right after or the week before you know because then you don't have everyone who's also beer fans and football fans you know no, that's the best because then you can like one of the two you, no that's the best because then you could like do the festival before and then everybody's still there and like y- y'all watch the festival y'all watch the game together party. Yeah, yeah that's true that's true. Uh, well, we got something planned for next year. That's what I'm let's saying, dude. Like, let's, dude. We got well, let's do next it. year. The Super Bowl's in Arizona, and I definitely think we should get out to AZ for that. But the Super Bowl in 2024 is out here in Vegas. So, so wait, how are they going to do the waste management open and the Super Bowl in Arizona? Dude, it's lit, bro. That's gonna be a shit show. Did you see the two hole in ones this year? I two dude, honestly, I didn't I didn't watch much uh 
waste management this year. Usually I do watch like at least the last round because it literally ends and the Super Bowl starts. Yeah. But I had money on Colorado State today, so I had to watch the Colorado State Boise State game. <laughs> I love it, and and everybody's talking about uh, about the waste management. I know we're going off topic here, but everybody's talking oh, about the good. waste management open. And you know, there you get the old fuddy duddies who are like, "Oh, what the hell are they doing? Throwing beer cans on the you know on the the green when uh, somebody gets a hole in one." It's like, dude, this is bringing in a whole new like viewership to to golf and it's unfortunate that this is only one kind of uh tournament of the year that they do kind of let things loose and everybody has fun but i, I think this is where we're going to be going i mean not as not as extreme as the waste management open i mean i don't think you can you know have people throwing beer cans hundreds and thousands of beer cans onto a uh you know onto a, a green during a, a regular tournament but like the the amount of fun that this tournament like hosts and like what you get on social media what you get on the the post tournament interactions is where i think golf needs to go to get that younger viewership in there to get people to go play golf i mean we had so many people start playing golf over the pandemic because it was outdoor because it was a non-contact non like you know covid passing well, sport and I mean, we really need to push this right now the the best thing about golf really is that you can go out 18 holes with your with your boys even with your wives you know what i mean like and you can have a couple cocktails couple drinks and you know enjoy yourselves and and do something it's basically like you know hiking but you're swinging a golf club in between walking. You know what I mean? Um, and that's that's the beautiful thing about golf. And the thing that's awesome about the waste management tour is that it literally interacts like fans with golf. And I I always felt like that was like the disconnect with golf, dude. Is like they didn't golf was like a sport that didn't um, really care about their fan, not not necessarily care about their fan base, but like not getting involved with their fan base and like, yeah. there's no interaction between crowd and golf and shit and the waste management tour. And even the Pebble beach pro-am dude, like it's two sporting events that kind of um, interlock the two, but yeah. especially the waste management tour. And like, I would love like every, every single PGA event should be like the waste management tour. Like it's literally the, to me, it's a, it's the best PGA event of the year. Even yeah. though I don't watch it, you know, it's, it's different. Like I get the whole, like, you don't want people screaming and yelling while, while people are taking their back strings and, you know, pushing, you know, throwing things onto the course, which could fuck up the, the greens for somebody else afterwards. Like I get that, but let's have a little bit more excitement. I mean, right now, if you scream at a player while they're, you know, even if they're walking by, you're getting kicked out of a, a, a PGA tour, yep. you know? item if you're not saying something productive and that's not how it should be there's got to be hecklers in every sport that's what makes part of it fun so hopefully they'll they'll ride this and and kind of utilize this to kind of move golf forward because people love it yeah waste management is it's a fun um fun experience for sure yeah 
let's hop into our top five NBA and NHL teams this week. So uh, last week, Ben, you had top five. You had Colorado, number one, Florida, number two, Toronto, number three, Carolina, number four, Tampa Bay, number five. What's your uh, top five look like this week? We got any movement? Yeah, so we're going to. I, I do have I have a bunch of movement to be honest. Um, oh, I, I've got sure. uh, I've got a couple of things that have have definitely changed, um, and part of that is a tie for number four. So we'll get to that at that point. Um, but I've got two teams on the honorable mention list. Um, we've got New York Rangers and the Toronto Maple Leafs um, sitting on my honorable mention. Um, they're they're a little bit ranked a little bit higher than some of the other teams that I have on the list, but uh, you know. They're, they're just kind of sitting there right now, and I'm not too sure what direction they're going to be going throughout the rest of the year. So, uh, we're so you're dropping Toronto, Toronto from the from your top five? I'm dropping Toronto from my top five. They're moving from three all the way down to honorable mention here. And it, it's it's rough because they both both New York and Toronto were 7-3-0 and in their last 10. Um, but I, I just like what the other teams are doing right now. Um, which is why I have the movement here. Um, so Ooh. honorable mention Toronto and New York Rangers. Number five, we're going to go with Minnesota, who was in my honorable mention uh, last week. And this is uh, this is kind of big movement because they're eighth in the NHL right now in points. Um, but they've got 43 games played. You see some other teams up there with about 47 games played in our, our top kind of five area. And um, so they do have some games in hand. They're eight, one and one in their last 10. Um, they were nine, one and zero oh in their last 10 uh, last week. So they, they did have another, you know, good week of, of play. I think they were two, oh, and one this week. Um, and, you know, they're, they're just a young team that's moving up the rankings and I'm really liking what they're seeing, uh, what I'm seeing out of Minnesota, um, bunch of young kids who are, are kind of getting, you know, into their prime. They're going to, this is going to be a fun team to watch over the, the stretch of the NHL season. Um, so because they have only have 43 games played, they have the potential to get, you know, eight points out of those four games that they, uh, they have in hand. That's why I have them up at number five here, even though they're eighth ranked overall. Um, number four, I've got a tie, and this is going to be Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh. Last week I had Tampa Bay at uh, number five, and Pittsburgh was not in my list. Um, so I do have them over, uh, you know, it, as a, a tie here because they're both tied in points for the season. Uh, Pittsburgh's at a three-game win streak and has a plus 36 goal differential. Um, so definitely putting more pucks in the back of the net than they are allowing. And Tampa Bay is uh, 7-2-1 and one in the last 10 with a plus 27 goal differential. So, uh, you know, two teams that are, are playing really well and, um, you know, are, are just kind of hanging around, which is, you know, could be, you know, really good move you know, come trade deadline, come, um, you know, the, the end of the season where they really push things into a higher level and, um, you know, move up these rankings here. Um, they're both sitting at uh, 68 points um, tied for third in the NHL here. Um, Tampa Bay, 48 games, Pittsburgh, 49. Okay. So I'm going to change that even more for Minnesota. I should actually move them up because Minnesota has 43 games in hand. Pittsburgh or 43 games played Pittsburgh has 49. So there's a six point game differential there. Um, so absolute craziness. So number three, we're going to go with Carolina. Uh, they've played 46 games this year and have 67 points. It puts them tied for, or sorry, in fourth place here. Um, but they're, they're just a really fun team to watch. They're really well, well balanced on the road and at home uh, 16, four and one on 
home ice 16, seven and two on the road. Um, and they have a plus 52 goal differential. Um, so that's really, really good to see. Um, you know, if you're a Carolina fan, uh, they're, you know, one point behind that third and fourth ranked, uh, with two games on Tampa Bay and, uh, and one game on Pitts. I'm sorry, two games on Tampa Bay and three games on Pittsburgh. So that really puts them, them up in the rankings here. Um, Number uh, two is going to be Florida. Uh, they're one point. Uh, so they're in, in second place. They're one point above uh, both Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh here. Um, but they have three games on Tampa Bay, two on uh, Pittsburgh. So uh, they they definitely have the games in hand to put things up. They're just a very, very well-rounded team, both offensively, defensively, and goaltending here. Really do like what I'm seeing on the Carolina. I think they're going to bit a big, big push. Um, we've got Florida at number two. Uh, they are absolutely running up the ranks here with their, their young team here. Um, I just love what they're doing at home, 23-3-0. and um, They don't really have too many away games, which kind of scares me um, that this second half of the season is going to be really kind of away heavy. 7-3-0 uh, at their last 10, plus 55 goal differential. But that leaves us Colorado, who is unchanged at my number one position. They've got a three-point lead over second place Florida and a game in hand here. Um, so they are, they're really coming on hot right now. I just hope it doesn't fizzle by the end of uh, end of the year. They're 9-0-1 in their last 10 with a plus 59 goal differential. Like incredible, yeah, absolutely incredible here. Um, 21, two and two at home. Insane. How, how dog insane. shit is the Pacific division that their best team doesn't even make your top five. I mean, even though said team beat Tampa Bay, uh, in overtime, but, uh, yeah, Pacific is just kind of a middle of the pack division right now. Definitely a middle of the pack division. Um, you know, think uh, Vegas. I'm just, you know me. I'm not a big fan of Vegas and what they're doing there. Um, I think they're they're kind of a, a team that's always going to be on the fringe here. Uh, Calgary has their ups and downs. They're on an up right now, um, eight and two in their last ten on a six game win streak, which is definitely good. But they started the year off good, then went bad, then went good, then went bad. So I just don't think they're in the long distance run there. LA and Anaheim, two great young teams, which I think has good, good potential in the future. Edmonton's a shit show. Vancouver's a shit show. San Jose doesn't know what they're doing. And Seattle's Seattle. So first year expansion. Dude, San team, Jose literally much has no idea what they're doing. Zero. Zero idea. No, no identity. Um, no plan. Yeah. It's uh, it's un- unfortunate here. It's definitely unfortunate, but is what it is. Got to get out of those contracts. Really got to get out of those contracts. Yeah, I mean, they had a, the opportunity to trade some guys, and they decided not to, and then just decided to extend Tomas Schertel. But, yeah, uh, that's, you know, it is what it is. Uh, let's move into the top five NBA teams of the week. Um, so last week I had uh, – Suns number one, Heat number two, Warriors number three, Grizzlies number four, and Bulls number five. We have some movement this week. Uh, we got Suns number one, 46 and 10 on the year. Just beat the Bucks too, but the Bucks were shorthanded. It is what it is. 
uh, Heat, 37 and 20. They're balling out, having a great season. Even, even when they were missing Jimmy and Bam for half the year, still number one seed in the East. So we're going to go Heat, number two. Warriors, number three, 42 and 15. I am concerned, though, because Curry is not playing well. And they're also not good interior defensively. So I am very concerned about the Warriors going forward. Um, we're going to take Grizzlies number four, 40 and 18, third team in the East, uh, third best record in the league. And then Bucks number five, dude, uh, 35 and 22, coming off a three and one week. Um, and, and wish they beat some good teams, dude. And I think the the Bucks, I, I, I was about to say they're getting healthy, but now they lost Pat Connaughton, which is like one of their biggest role players. Um, so that's going to hurt. And they trade Dante DiVincenzo, but they got Serge Ibaka. They needed size. Size is definitely like their weakness so far um, because Brooke Lopez is hurt. But I think they're going to be able to address that in the, in the, the buyout market. And an honorable mention, we're going to go Bulls, Sixers. The reason why I'm putting the Bulls in honorable mention is because they've been beaten up on bad teams. Not even beaten up. They've just been beating bad teams. They've lost to, like, the last three good teams they've played. Um, so I don't really trust them. And then the Sixers are getting James Harden, uh, traded Ben Simmons and uh, Seth Curry. But uh, James Harden likes to choke in the playoffs in big moments. So... <laughs> I don't love the James Harden move, dude. I I don't. Well, let's talk about these trades because we we had a, a, a bunch of them that actually went forward this year. So let's. I mean, you you talked about the uh, the Harden trade. So let's let's kind of really focus on that one. Um, so we've got Harden going to let's let's get the whole list here. Um, so we got the Harden and Millsap going to the Sixers, and we've got Simmons, Curry, Drummond, a twenty twenty two first round pick which can be deferred to 2023, a 2027 protected first round pick, which is one through eight protected. And if they do get a protected, then they get two seconds in 22 or sorry, 27 and 28 and $2 million in 2029. So who do you, who do you think won this trade or, you know, is, I mean, or is this good for both teams here? What, what are your thoughts on this one? I mean, I think it's good for both teams for the simple fact that, like, Harden didn't want to be in Brooklyn. Simmons didn't want to be in Philly. So you get rid of two disgruntled players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, from a basketball basketball perspective, I could see it working for both teams. And I could see it imploding for both teams. I mean, from the yeah. Sixers' perspective, you get that inside-outside game with Harden and Embiid. However... Harden was disgruntled in Brooklyn because the offense wasn't surrounded by, wasn't centered around him. And now he's going to a team with Joel Embiid, who's like an MVP candidate. And that offense definitely should be centered around Embiid. So if they make Embiid into like a pick and roll man, I don't like it for the Sixers. That's going to cause some issues for either Embiid or Harden. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then as far as the Nets are concerned, I I look at Ben Simmons as a like Draymond Green on steroids. Like he's a seven foot Draymond Green, basically. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's a more athletic, better skilled version of Draymond Green. And so the fact that like he's going to a team where 
you know, technically if he's playing with Kyrie and KD, he doesn't, he only has to be the third best player. And I think that's perfect for him, dude. Like that is, that's where he can excel the most. So I love the move for Brooklyn, but Kyrie can't play in home games. So then you need Ben to be your second best player when he's out there with just KD. And is Seth, um, you know, enough to, you know, push the Nets over? I don't know. We'll yeah. see, I guess. Um, so, I mean, it could be it could be great for both teams, and it could be awful for both teams, dude. I like it more for Brooklyn than I do for Philly, though. I'll say that much. Yeah, I definitely like it a lot more for Brooklyn, you know, because of what they received in those first-round picks. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's just hilarious that, you know, from the get-go, Philly was saying, oh, we want multiple first-round picks for Simmons, and they don't end up getting a single first-round pick. And, you know, I understand that Harden has the the prowess there. Millsap is, you know, definitely, you know, has washed. potential to – well, He's yeah, washed. but he has potential to – He has potential to well, – I'd put him over Andre Drummond, though. But I mean, Drummond was just a salary filler. Yeah. He might not see the floor for the Knights. Yeah. That's true, but they they didn't even get a first round pick in return, and it, just like they pushed their future for Harden, who's definitely on the decline, and that to me is a a big hit for Philly. And I, I mean, I just don't think that's that what they got back in return in Harden and Millsap is worth you know, they're four, three players and two first round picks. And especially when those players are Simmons, Curry and, and Drummond, I think it's good to get Simmons out of, you know, that, that debacle and actually get somebody playing for them that has quality in, in Harden. But if, in my opinions, the Sixers got better this season, maybe next season, but they took a major neck, like step back in their future. Yeah, their window is very short, dude. <laughs> like, yeah. very short. And how can you trade a 2027 pick? You can trade picks five years out. Yeah, you can trade picks like fucking 20 years out if you want. That that makes zero sense to me, but I'm not a basketball GM. So, I mean, that's how um, the other. That- that could be beneficial for you, you know what I mean, as an organization. Yeah. Um, the other uh, trade that I wanted to ask you about, when your your kind of thoughts on this one, was the Indiana Pacers receiving Halliburton, Heald, and Thompson, uh, and the Kings getting Sabonis, Holiday, Lamb, and a second. Who do you think won this one? Well, that trade was interesting at first because I was kind of like, what the fuck are the Kings doing? Yeah. Uh, you know, but if you look at it in the short-sighted mirror, like Halliburton, Dante v- DiVincenzo, who they got in the four-way trade deal with the, the Bucks, Clippers, and the um, whatever the fourth team was, I forget. There was a fourth team. Um, but it, it makes Pistons. more sense. The Pistons, that's Pistons. right, the Pistons. It, it makes a little bit more sense. So I kind of see, you know, I think they're reaching. I think I think they, uh, you know, personally, I think the Kings fucked up, dude. I think Tyrese Halliburton is can be a generational type player on a rookie yeah. scale contract, 21 years old, and you give him up for uh, Sabonis, who is a two-time all-star. 
Um, but your team doesn't have great shooting. They're, you're not great defensively. And then you bring in the guy like DiVincenzo, who's a great wing defender, not very good offensively. Uh, very interesting trade because next year they only have like $14 million in cap space. And that's, that's a, uh, and DiVincenzo is a restricted free agent. So if they re-sign DiVincenzo, they have less money to spend. And they're basically yeah. by making this move, they're saying like, we're trying to do something now. Right. Yeah. And that move for now, like, okay, if you want to be a playing team, I guess like, but why you want to trade a guy that could be generational to be a playing team now? Like just, yeah. Like, doesn't make any sense to me, dude. Like the well, goal should be winning a championship. Yeah. And it's now and next year. And it, it, to me, that's their only that's window it. here because yeah. I don't think the bonus is going to want to stay in Sacramento. And you've got Fox who's on, I think he's on. He's on his second deal. Yeah. yeah but he's only on contract for two more years, one more year, four more years, four more years. Okay. So they do have Fox for a little bit of time, but again, I don't think, Sabonis and who knows how long Fox is really going to be around because he's so injury prone. So, you know, is he going to be someone who's going to, you know, just kind of fizzle out through those injuries or not? We don't know. Um, And, you know, so, so you're really betting on this year and next year and this year, like you said, they will only be a play in team. And with the way that the, the West is built, like, I just don't see this as being, a, a team that's really going to do much in the short term, like they're really looking to do. Um, yep. So yeah, they got a great role player and Sabonis, but, uh, and kind of, I guess an exciting player in Sabonis, but he's not elite like Halliburton. And he's not good defensively either. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really like this from the Kings perspective whatsoever. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it, dude. Like, yeah, I get trying to be aggressive and trying to be better for now, but like, if you're risking a guy that could be generational and Tyrese Halliburton for being good for two years but not being great, just doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. And to be honest, I think they were put between a rock and a hard place was is because they paid Hall uh Darren Fox. And I think the issue is, is that like Tyrese Halliburton is probably a better point guard than he is a shoot a shooting guard and Darren yeah. Fox is a point guard. So it's like, you can't really have, I don't think you could succeed with both of those guys. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's very difficult to trade Darren Fox because you sign him to a max deal. And I don't know if he's that valuable and I don't think any other team sees him as that valuable. Um, so they were put in a, they were, put between a rock and a hard place and I, yeah. I i understand why they did the move but i just don't i don't like the move dude you know what i mean yeah um last thing i want to uh want to kind of put up before i ask you about you know any other thoughts for you know these trades too is um how bad is uh schroeder hating now even more so that he didn't take that uh that contract in la getting traded to houston yeah man i i mean if he hasn't regretted it already i i definitely think he's regretting it now uh you know it's, it's an unfortunate situation but you know these are these humbling moments which you know you would hope humble an athlete like him because yeah you know that's he's not the guy that he thought he was and 
those are the kind of guys and same thing with Montrez Harrell going to Charlotte, dude, like he's a guy that's bounced around. He's been a locker room problem everywhere he's gone. It's like, you know, has he figured it out now? Like who knows, dude, like him and Schroeder are two interesting components for me because Schroeder could very well get bought out by Houston and then be a free agent for any contender to sign. And can he contribute to a contender? Absolutely. But he has to accept his role on said contender. Yeah. 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 Any other trades that uh, you thought were really good or really dumb? Yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, obviously, but I thought the Serge Ibaka trade was exactly what they needed, dude. I mean, yeah. it sucks losing Dante DiVincenzo because I, I like the guy. But he's been very inefficient offensively, and obviously he's coming back from injury. But like the Bucks can't wait and see, dude. Like they're not, yeah, they're in the position to win now, dude. And they don't have Brooke Lopez right now, and he's coming off a of back surgery. And who knows if he'll be able to come back? And you're able to get a guy like Sergio Baca who can protect the rim and shoot the three. I mean, no brainer, dude. Yeah. Like. I see why it was done. Plus, they got two second-round picks and cash. Like, dude, no-brainer. However, the game after they trade Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton breaks his finger and is out for a minute, and that's a huge fucking blow, dude. Like, because they are already – they the reason why they traded Dante was because they had Pat and Grayson Allen – you know what I mean, and and then yeah. they trade, and then they trade Dante, and then Pag is hurt, and yeah. it's like, what a coincidence! Those two are best friends. <laughs> yep. I mean, dude, the universe, the universe has a way of evening itself out, dude. I try true. to tell people this all the time, man. Very true. Oh, oh, well, no, before we move on to not all right, all right, all right, yeah, not all right. We got to talk about MLB, dude. So, Major League Baseball this week, MLBPA came in, um, still negotiating a collective bargaining agreement, and they've come to agreement on some things like the universal DH, uh, but a big impasse and pass however you want to say it is that you know the arbitration and the league minimum are like a huge differentiation differentiating point between the MLBPA and the MLB yeah. um and i'm not i'm not sure it's going to get resolved at this point ben yeah you know, yeah what's your what's your thoughts on it yeah there's i mean there's i think there's three major items that are really kind of at an impasse here and you know, pitchers and catchers were supposed to show up in Arizona tomorrow. And that's, that's definitely not, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so we've got, um, well, we've got three items that they're, they're really far off on. And it, it definitely does scare me, you know, that we won't have a baseball season starting on time. And I, I think that's where we're going to be, you know, whether they come up with an agreement or not. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be a long time, but I also thought that they were going to be able to, you know, come up with a, an agreement before now. So I'm, I don't know where to think on this. I mean, they've met once now in the last 11 days 
And that was an hour long conversation. To me, that doesn't sound too, you know, too hopeful for, for what's going on. And I mean, they're way off. So with this last proposal that the, what is it? The, the players came to the owners with, or was it the owners came to the players? Owners came to players. Owner came to players. Okay. They're, they're way off. So the bonus pool um, for pre-arbitration players is from they they propose 10 million to 15 million and the players association is seeking seeking a hundred million dollars there so there's not they're not even close to anything there um the next is the increase to minimum salary and the the owners proposed an increase to a 630 million dollar flat you know salary system and the players are looking for a tiered salary system you know uh, all the way up to 775 million. So we're looking, you know, of a hundred almost $145 million difference there, or excuse me, $145,000 difference there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so far away when you've got a tiered system where they're going to offer six, 615 to players with zero to one years of service time, 650 for one to two and 725 for two to three. Well, they, you know, there's still $50 million difference. There's 50, sorry, $50,000 difference from the, you know, the two to three year mark and a fuck 140 $145,000 difference from, you know, players who are at that one to two year mark. So we're, we're substantially off here. And then we're also looking at the, um, the competitive balance tax thresholds, um, which is just, it, it's astonishing here when the owners are looking at 214 to 220 million and um, you yeah, know, the players are seeking a $245 million mark. Um, just to, just to make sure that everybody's kind of competing and, and nobody is throwing things just to get higher draft picks to be, you know, around later, um, that, you know, when you have a division that boasts, you know, three horrible teams, you know, there's a, a race for those two top spots, but that's not competitive compared to the other divisions here. And I think that's putting a major wrinkle in what's going on in baseball. So there's, there's major, major differences here that, you know, it's, it's really far off. So, well, I'm worried. The, the first thing is that the MLBPA is the best union in America, regardless of industry. Like they're the number one union for a reason, dude. And they don't budge and they hold yeah. a ton of fucking leverage here, dude. MLB yep. MLB's ratings and attendance were up over 25% throughout last year. And yep. so the players hold a ton of leverage. And I thought that leverage was going to make the owners try to, I thought I thought it was going to get the shit done quicker because they're like, yo, we can't lose this momentum. This is the same shit that happened in the NHL in like 2004. When the mm-hmm. NHL was like growing and expanding and then boom, a lockout well, hit. Even in baseball before the previous lockout. Well, baseball recovered from that previous lockout because of the steroid era. True. That's here nor there, but... But they were advancing and then the lockout hit. 
Well, that's where the I was difference is, is that the NHL has never recovered from that lockout in 2004. Yeah. Like their Stanley Cup playoff numbers have never recovered from that lockout. Period. Like, and that is the fear for this for Major League Baseball, dude. Mm-hmm. Is you know, unless you like, you know, strike into a you know steroid era, what they had in the 90s, like you could lose a lot of momentum momentum here. So the players have a lot of fucking leverage. Yeah. And obviously like I, I personally don't like salary caps in sports for the simple reason that I don't think LeBron James should be making as much money as uh, Bradley Beal in the NBA. Like LeBron is more yeah. valuable than Bradley Beal. So I think baseball is unique in the aspect that like, the free market system actually exists in baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. However, the MLB Players Association has realized that teams are taking advantage of the arbitration system. So these players aren't reaching free agency until they're 28 years old on average because MLB teams will control their their uh, – their clock until they're like 21, 22. And then they have six years of control, right? Mm-hmm. Until they're an unrestricted free agent. By that time yeah. you're 28, you have like one, one maximum deal on the table, right? Yep. So I I understand where the MLBPA is coming from. Like they want a more fair arbitration system where they think that you should be due, you know, two maximum contracts, basically like the NBA has, you know what I mean? Um, And and the MLBPA isn't going to budge, dude. They are not going to budge. So literally it's whether the owners are going to budge or not. And if they don't, we are not going to see a season this year because the MLBPA, I promise you will not budge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's true. It's definitely true. And the owners are definitely banking on the players association to budge and it's not going to happen. Yeah, it's not, dude. Yeah. They think these they think these dudes are fucking I don't well, know what they think, but what I I just don't understand too is that we it it took 43 days for the first meetings to happen on on economic proposals. 43 days into the lockout. It's like, what are you waiting for? They're waiting for that Bach, and it's not going to happen. Joke. That's how it is, dude. All right, all right, all right. It's that time of the night for our best bets of the week. So, Ben, what's your two best bets of the week? All right, so we are going to uh, we're going to be taking a hockey bet and we're going to be taking a basketball bet. And the first bet we're going to go is uh, we're going to go hockey wise. Um, I was talking about Toronto uh, being at the top of the NHL earlier, um, and they are going to be playing a team that is not so quite the top of the NHL here. Um, they're going to be going up against the Kraken, who is uh, pretty damn bad. Pretty, pretty damn bad. And uh, you're going to be getting uh, Austin Matthews back for the Maple Leafs, which is going to be huge. Uh, kind of pump the arm here. Um, so we're going to go Tampa Bay. Or sorry, we're going to go Toronto Maple Leafs minus one and a half in this game against uh, the Seattle Kraken. On average, 
Tampa, Toronto is scoring 3.53 goals a game. Seattle, 2.63. Yes, that's only one point differential there. But let's look at the goals against here. And Toronto is at 2.71 versus Seattle, which is at 3.46. Um, so you put those two together, we're going to get a two-point differential here. Um, so we're going to go with the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs minus one and a half. And then for game number two, we're going to be moving over to basketball. And we're going to be looking at the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the only kind of team that I am really looking at in in basketball. So I can really kind of focus on this. And we're going to be going up. Uh, we're going to be looking at the over under here. And we're going to go under 225.5. Um, last time that these two teams played, um, it was still a, a fairly low scoring game. We had 105 to 90. And that was uh, the last time that these met with Curry scoring 33 points. And we know that Curry hasn't been on top of his game. And then you have, uh, you know, Draymond coming back. So you take off, uh, to me, that kind of washes things. And we're looking at 195 points there. So you're telling me that with Draymond out and Curry not being at his top, that they're going to be scoring, what was it, uh, 28 more points here? I don't necessarily buy that. Um, so we're going to go with the under on Golden State and LA here. Under 222 and a half. You saw a bad bet there. Uh, my two best bets of the week. I am going to go Oregon minus four against Washington State. Coming off a tough loss against Cal at home, which Oregon doesn't usually lose at home. Uh, I expect him to bounce back against Washington State. Love the minus four. Great defense team. Great coach, uh, Dana uh, Dana Enfield. Uh, lo- love what they're doing at Oregon. So give me Oregon minus four. And then my second best bet, I'm going to Creighton minus 10 in college hoops as well. Uh, Creighton's playing Georgetown. Georgetown has been like one of the worst teams in the Big East. Creighton, great home team as well. Give me Creighton minus 10 here. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's go four and zero last week. Uh, three and one week. previous week. Or sorry, this week three and one previous this week from this week. Um, that was my bad on the hockey bet, but that was the sports aspect of the podcast. Let's get back to beers. I'm really, really stoked to hear about this Galactic Worms, and I'm also uh, really stoked to uh, talk about my beers because I had some good quality beer today. So tell me about your uh, Galactic. So the Galactic Worms, it was all right. It wasn't anything special. Um, I feel like that's what I get from New Glory, dude, unfortunately. I guess I would drink it again. I would buy it again, but it's like it's not the best hazy IPA I've ever had. So I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 5. The Vice Fruit Basket, it's a solid Berliner Weiss style sour ale. Uh, Fruity, sour, packs a punch with the flavor, has some pucker to it. Uh, I would definitely drink it again. I would buy it again. I'll give it a four out of ten, man. Four out of ten? Four out of five, I mean. There we go. Sorry. There we go. 80 percent is a lot better than 40%. Um, all right. So we're gonna go with my two beers. The first beer that I had was the Pilsner, the Italian Pilsner, and this was the new image brewing premium pills. Uh, this was the 4.5%, and it was an Italian style Pilsner. At best, it had a great, great taste to it, had a nice, good um, kind of, uh, you know, crispness to it, nice and clear. Um, it had a great kind of hidden apple flavor in there, which I really, really liked. It wasn't over the top, but you could definitely taste it in there. 
Um, you could, you definitely got a little bit of a melon from the Huel melon hops, um, kind of just more so in the, the nose than the actual taste of it. Um, but this was something that was really, really good. I'm going to give it a 4.5, sorry, 4.25 out of five, a um, beer that I would go out of my way for to get again, especially on a 4.5%. Um, this is something that you could really drink on a hot summer day. And, you know, after your first one, you wouldn't be, you know, really feeling it or feeling overly kind of heavy because of it. So great, great Italian Pilsner here, uh, 4.25 out of five. My nice. second beer, the uh, Glass Jug Golden Stone. This was the American Lager coming in at 5.5%. Um, and this was out of Durham, North Carolina. I really, really like this beer. I don't know if it's just, um, I'm starting to like, you know, Golden Lagers and American Lagers a little bit more. Um, just as my beer tastes have kind of changed a little bit, but this is a incredible beer, just super clear, crisp, um, nice and easy to drink. Even at a 5.5, I feel like it was kind of, it felt like the same alcohol level as that 4.5 of the Pilsner. Um, great, great taste to it. Really nothing was really overpowered, for, you know, in there. And it's just a, a something that's good about the lagers is it doesn't have anything that's like, that you look for that's over the top or, or really that they're trying to pack a punch into. I'm going to give this one a 4.9 out of five. Um, great, great lager here. Um, glass jug hats off on this. Um, I wish I could get more of this, even though it's a, a limited edition, I'm really impressed with this. And um, yeah, I want more and definitely one more. Hell yeah, man. So hey, before, right. be, before we end, I gotta yeah. ask you. Uh, yes, sir. have you ever seen the show on Netflix Love is Blind? I have not. I've heard about it, oh, but I haven't. Man. Uh you and your girl gotta watch that shit. Quality. Uh, very it's an interesting show, dude. It's like a reality TV show where they like get a bunch of singles together and they uh they basically date without seeing each other. They just talk to each other behind like a wall. Okay. And then they decide on like who they want to marry. And you have to, you have to propose to the person and then they meet each other. And then they go through like, you know, four weeks, they go through like a honeymoon and for a week before they get married, they like have fun with each other for a week. Then they go back okay. to real life and then have to decide whether they want to get married or not after okay very interesting show though dude so the second season just just premiered on netflix again the first season came out like literally right before covid happened in 2020 so when sports ended i was forced to watch it all right yeah yeah Uh, there's nothing else to watch so i watched it and i was like dude this is fascinating stuff dude like this is so fascinating and now the second season now so i'm like binging it dude like where did this come from <laughs> well i mean valentine's day dude it's valentine's okay yeah day. it's valentine's day tomorrow yes everybody out there happy valentine's day definitely and like, uh and honestly it's it, if, if you're a straight dude like trust me all i watch is sports and then i watch like a couple shows and i sleep yeah. and this is this is a show that it, it, like dude I woke up at 8 a.m. this morning and I watched it for an hour before college basketball came on, dude. Like, yep. 
it's a uh, it's just it's fascinating dude it's interesting i think everybody could enjoy it dude okay love is blind dude is love truly blind you know what i mean that's there what the show is like premise is and it's interesting because like dudes on that show girls on that show this is two seasons in a row there's been a girl that's like falling in love with a dude over his voice and like his personality and then she sees him and she's like i'm not attracted to him no. <laughs> okay. So love is truly not blind, dude. Is what it's saying. There we go. There we go. All right. Well, there's a our our uh, push for uh, to just go check out something on uh, on Netflix. Netflix, right? Yeah, we need a sponsorship by Netflix, by the way. Netflix, you if go. you're listening, holla at there us. We go. There we go. I like it. We can even right, do a Love is uh, Blind betting show, too. I, I guess I would have to watch if that's the case. Definitely would. <laughs> but uh, everybody out there, happy Valentine's Day. You know, this will be coming out on Valentine's Day. So hope you uh, hope you have a good one. Thanks for checking us out. Make sure to check us out on our Instagram at Taproom Sports Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at taproom underscore sports. You can check out Jordan's, which is at Jordan Rules TSP. You can check out my lovely face. Wait, no, you can't because I don't have a ta- uh, Twitter. Maybe someday. We'll Probably see you not. on this video, though, when I cut the there we go. of it and there, post on the yeah. There we go. But uh, make sure to check out our other podcasts. As you heard from our uh, our kind of uh, our announcement earlier, we've got APR on Thursdays. Uh, well, we're going to be kind of taking a hiatus. We're not too sure how we're going to be doing this, uh, you know, with our uh, with the off season here. We're definitely going to have a show to talk about the uh, the Super Bowl, uh, but um, maybe do it every other week or once a month in the off season. We'll see how things go. Maybe still keep it at every week. We we have to decide out um, what kind of NFL news that we have. Make sure to check out. Uh, we got TSP wagers, which is. Uh, which is uh, out every week where Jordan and I talk about uh, a couple different sports games. We're going to be, you know, really focused on uh, hockey and basketball until the baseball season starts where you build bets from the games that we pick um, really five minutes before the show. Um, So we don't do any background uh, kind of research on this and really just break them down from the information that we have. Make sure to check out Jordan's podcast in the game where he hooks up with a bunch of different, uh, you know, other podcasters and kind of uh, insiders from different sports to talk about what's going on um, kind of at that moment in those sports game, um, those sports, you know, leagues. Um, He's been doing uh, some great, great stuff on the NBA these last couple of weeks and, um, it's it's definitely a fun listen if you like hockey make sure to check out biscuits and barrels where i um, am kind of working in collaboration with the 90 second beer review guys to talk hockey and talk barrel aged beers as we um, you know as we we do our show it's a ton of fun and uh, we come out with the, that podcast once a month we're going to be doing it next week so uh, you know make sure to uh, to check things out i think it'll probably be dropped around the uh probably about the 22nd 23rd area um, for this next month in NHL hockey. So great, great stuff coming forward. Am I missing oh, any yeah. podcasts that we have? I think that's pretty much it. I think that's everything, dude. Yeah, we covered it. We covered it. All right. Everybody out there, thank you again for listening. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson here with Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks. Let's, Let's go. go.